Today is Monday, May 2nd, 2022, and Joe Biden can't take a joke about his own cokehead son at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. But Joe Biden is indeed a joke. Bill Maher is ripping the Biden administration, Hunter Biden, and Twitter, and Biden's Ministry of Truth head is defended as neutral. Ha! Okay. Disinformation Mary Poppins, ladies and gentlemen. She gets roasted in this show along with the entire Biden regime as parents turn on Joe Biden. It's going to be a delightful November. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. You know, sir, can I just say, I think everyone will agree that it's actually nice to once again have a president who's not afraid to come to the White House Correspondents' Dinner and hear jokes about himself. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. If you didn't come, I totally would have understood. Yeah. Yeah, because these people have been so hard on you, which I don't get. I really don't. You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, <laughs> everything. <laughs> gas is up, gasoline is up, rent is up, groceries are up, inflation is up, the border wall is not up. War, nuclear war with Russia is up. The chances of an entire economic global collapse of the food shortages is up. Yes, that's right. It's hilarious. They laughed and laughed. Joe Biden laughed at you and your misery. Remember, this is Scranton Joe, Lunch Pail Joe, the guy who comes from the working class family who understands the pain of the working class, the man who understands exactly what it's like to carry a load of wood up a hill in the middle of coal country where 90% of the kids has have asthma and do it uphill both ways, right? And this is old Scranton Joe, coal bucket Joe, sitting there wearing a tuxedo laughing at you. We are sick of being laughed at, ladies and gentlemen. We are the community of Americans who are looking to rebuild something new. And that is why we at The Benny Show are very excited that we hit all-time records last month in the month of April for views and downloads of this show. And we just want to start by saying thank you. If you like the work that we do here, telling the truth, if you want to build something better, a nation that runs better than the one that is run by elites that laugh in your face and that giggle about your hardships, the hardships that you didn't bring upon yourself, that they brought upon you, their stupid decisions leading to your grocery and gas prices and inflation prices and the problems that you are having existentially with the threat of potential nuclear war from Russia. It's all their fault. If you are sick of the diseased temple of imbeciles who have run this place into the ground and wish to build something new, please click subscribe on our show. Please click ring the little bell so that you get notifications from us when we are live and we want to chat about the truth. We are live every single day at 11 a.m. And we're a little bit late today because we have a packed show. It's amazing how much happened this weekend. And it all starts with the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Now, the White House Correspondents' Dinner is the closest you will ever get to the Palace of Versailles in France. In the year 1789, hundreds of starving peasants stormed the Palace of Versailles and were able to see with their own eyes the opulence and decadence of the king, King Louis and his court and Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette and King Louis were sleeping at the time. The crowd overtook the palace and they were 
shocked at the Hall of Mirrors. They were shocked at the grotesque opulence, the way that the elites were living as they were starving. There was no bread. Most of these peasants lived in little wooden hovels in the country. Yet the kings and the princes and the elites of France lived in such dripping golden decadence that they called it the Sun King. They called it the God King. It was the personification of royal power and it came collapsing down when people got sick of the horrid conditions that these out-of-touch people were creating for them. And that's what we intend to do, quite frankly, on this show. What we want to talk about is the ripping down, peacefully, obviously, of the old structures, the people who laugh in our faces, as you saw there, that clip, Joe Biden, tuxedoed, sitting there packed into a room that is dark and underground and windowless and literally exitless, and everyone is slammed into little teeny tables and they all laugh and giggle at you as you have to mask on an airplane as they sue to bring back masks on airplanes, yet they will sit there inside of a bunker, inside of the ugliest hotel in Washington, D.C., inside of a cement block and giggle about your hardships. I've been to the White House Correspondence Center. Gotta tell you, one of the worst parties I have ever been to, the smugness and the self-obsessiveness of these people is so odious. It is a disgusting place to be. It is a sad, miserable little dinner that happens inside of a hot, dark, dank basement underground. Again, windowless. And just the pretensions of everyone ting-tinging and chingalinging like everyone wanting to be seen. Hey, have a little red carpet. Why do they do it? Why do they do it? I am so sick of Washington, D.C. acting as though it is old world Versailles, acting as though it is a insulated bubble where the people inside the bubble are elites, the people inside the bubble are better than you, and the concerns outside the bubble don't matter to them. It has bad historical historical ramifications, and there is no better distillation of how out of touch these people are and how much they just sort of are... Your troubles are humorous to them, I think is the easiest way to say this, than to see the ball gowns. Kim Kardashian was there. Pete Davidson was there. A rolling class of just illegitimate and irrelevant celebrities sitting alongside these irrelevant media outlets and irrelevant journalists whining and crying and throwing themselves a party to make themselves feel good about themselves when the whole rest of the country despises them. Again, I got such Versailles vibes watching this dinner this weekend. And it was really something to watch Trevor Noah, the host of this dinner, take a crack at Joe Biden himself and Joe Biden's family. Trevor Noah made jokes about Hunter Biden in a room full of people who are the ones who killed the Hunter Biden story. You may recall, these are the exact same press who said that you are not allowed to hear about the Hunter Biden story. Yet Trevor Noah, I suppose to his great credit, he took a lot of cheap shots at Trump. Come on, people, get over yourselves. Like he took a lot of cheap shots at Republicans, but he took a jab at Hunter Biden. And we wanted to play you this clip because we thought Maybe this is the moment. Maybe this is the moment where the facade begins to crack. Maybe Trevor Noah and his little awakening here, because Trevor Noah has been slightly based. We've played you a few of his clips where we've been, wow, this is shocking. Later in the show, we'll play you a Bill Maher clip who Bill Maher is like just completely blackpilled at this point as far as his political ideology, Elon Musk helping that along. 
Everyone rejoiced this last week when Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion, and we thought that maybe he'd be taking that company out of the leftist cesspool and into the land of free speech, but he's not out of the woods yet. You see, Twitter is still platformed on Amazon web servers. Those are the racks and the servers that could pull Twitter offline if they don't like what Elon Musk is doing. You don't think they'll do it? They did the same thing to Parler. They offlined the entire platform and crashed it because they didn't like what was happening on it. This is how evil and how incestuous the left has become with their control of the internet. It's why we need a new American internet and it's why we are so thrilled to be partnering with RightForge.com. RightForge.com is the true American internet and founded on American free speech principles. That's why BennyJohnson.com is hosted by RightForge. RightForge is also bringing back President Trump to the internet by hosting Truth Social, a new online community for free thinkers and free speech. It's amazing to have a company that is investing in the real wire and infrastructure, the routers, the servers, the racks that make the internet possible. And if we don't go down to the very core, we'll never have free speech back. The core of American values is what drives RightForge, and we encourage you to go to RightForge.com. That's RightForge.com. And talk to them today about bringing your domain over so you are uncancelable by the left. RightForge.com. Trevor Noah has been relatively based here as it comes to pharmaceuticals, as it comes to COVID policies, and now when it comes to the Biden family corruption. This is what comedy should be, making the elites and the powerful uncomfortable where they live. And there's no one in Washington, D.C. that doesn't love the White House Correspondents' Dinner and their ability to feel like they're living inside of the Hunger Games or inside of Versailles. Here's the Versailles vibes, and watch the king of Versailles uh, get a bloody lip here from Trevor Noah making fun of his family. You guys, you guys are relentless. Every day you show up and every day you demand answers on the pressing issues of the day. And then Fox News asks about Hunter Biden. And I'll be honest though, I actually think that's a good thing. I really do. I think people need to be held accountable if they're using their dad's name to get ahead in life. And I can't think of anyone better to ask about that than Peter Ducey. Yeah, wherever he is, Chris Wallace laughed at that joke. But you see, the real purpose of tonight is to honor some of the country's best political journalists, people like Abby Phillip, Yamish Alcindor. Okay, yeah, so don't agree that Yamish Alcindor is one of America's best journalists. She would be an incredible stenographer for Joseph Stalin at Pravda. Uh, Yamish Alcindor is not one of America's best journalists. She's absolutely one of America's most low IQ propagandists. But that joke, very interesting. You can see here what what Joe Biden looked like when the Hunter Biden joke was cracked. Check out this expression. If you're listening to this in the podcast only form, you'll see a downturned mouth of Joe Biden and a scowl as Joe Biden in his little tuxedo sits there and glares at Trevor Noah, the comedian, making a crack about Hunter Biden, yes indeed, getting famous and rich and powerful off the Joe Biden name alone and Joe Biden's 
public service. Another term that we need to retire entirely because the only public service, ladies and gentlemen, in this field of politics in America is service to yourself. It's not service to the public. Name me the last time that Nancy Pelosi did a damn thing for you. Name me the last time that Joe Biden made a move towards anything other than his own enrichment and his own power. And that's why Joe Biden has that expression on his face. This is the expression of a man who isn't allowed to be made fun of. This is the expression of the king of Versailles. Remember, the people stormed Versailles when it got so bad, when it got so bad for the French peasants that they were the existence of Versailles and the existence of this elite in the context of the pain and the suffering of the regular person became too much to bear. And that is how Versailles came tumbling down. This is the look of a man who's not supposed to be made fun of. This is what it looks like when you're not expecting somebody to talk about Hunter Biden because it's been banished, you were told, from all media. Joe Biden not laughing one bit. Fox News covered to this weekend, why Joe Biden may not be laughing, the New York Post with a spectacular news story about the Biden family corruption and how every single thread leads to Joe. Check this out. Not buying it. A brand new op-ed arguing, quote, the Post reported that Joe allegedly agreed to pay more than 800000 in legal bills Hunter racked up, including bills related to his overseas businesses. This comes on the heels of revelations that Hunter alleged his father was taking half his salary. It would be literally impossible to set up those arrangements without talking business. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. How is it that Joe Biden is paying Hunter Biden's bills? Hunter Biden's paying Joe Biden's bills. How is it that they are intermingling and intermixing their finances? There was a lawyer friend of mine that visited me this weekend. He's a big time lawyer at Big Law, a big law firm, and he does corporate law. And what he told me was very, very interesting. The intermingling of finances, they call it piercing the veil, okay? The piercing of the veil in finances is how often they get the corruption of Enron, how they often get the corruption of these CEOs, Bernie Madoffs, the people who go to jail for finance crimes is because you intermingle your finances with a criminal enterprise or with an enterprise that isn't operating by, via the standards of the IRS tax code, the FEC, or so on. It's actually what they're attempting to do with Elon Musk right now in a roundabout way. And so this is a major, major issue as it pertains to corporate law and corporate lawfare in the sense of financial law and financial crime. So this is how they put someone in prison is exactly what Joe Biden did with Hunter Biden. It was a very, very interesting conversation. Of course, I will keep the name of this lawyer anonymous, but this guy is quite literally one of the best in his field and a very, very interesting conversation at that, saying that the real issue with Joe Biden is that they're inter... Hunter Biden is making illegal dollars or dollars that are not made on the up and up. And then they, he is washing those dollars through Joe. So Joe Biden himself is essentially the laundromat, right? Laundering money comes from the term owning a laundromat because laundromats, you can collect an enormous amount of cash and the government doesn't really know where it comes from. You assume that someone's operating coin laundry and is just collecting cash and there's no trace for it. So Laundering money comes from the ability to just say, hey, here's how I clean this dirty money through a literal laundromat. There's, of course, many other ways to do it. But back in the day, that's how it happened. And Joe Biden is the proverbial laundromat. 
for Hunter Biden's dirty Chinese cash, dirty Russian cash, dirty Ukrainian cash from all over the place. And isn't it interesting that China and Russia and Ukraine are the three countries that we're talking about today? Isn't it amazing that those are the three countries that felt emboldened to really like kick the can over when Joe Biden became president? It's almost as though they knew they already owned this dude and his family lock, stock, and barrel. It wasn't just Joe Biden not laughing at jokes. A lot of people said, holy crap, when Trevor Noah told this banger about Afghanistan. Check it out. So much for having me. I appreciate you. Please be careful leaving tonight. We all know this administration doesn't handle evacuations well. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. So Trevor Noah saying that you got to be careful inside of this dark, dank basement uh, there at the White House Correspondents' Dinner at the Washington Hilton, which is where this event takes place. Uh, you got to be careful. Don't light anything on fire because this administration is really, really bad with evacuations. No one was expecting an Afghanistan joke there, and absolutely nobody was expecting to laugh at Joe Biden getting up and telling jokes. Also, Joe Biden got up and tried to roast the Republican Party. That's a little interesting. That's like being down by 50 points in the middle of the Super Bowl and like making fun of the other team, Joe Biden doing his worst stand-up routine. No one was laughing. In fact, everyone was groaning and cringing. And watch this, by the way, Joe Biden had a wardrobe malfunction where his tie became cockeyed like he was one of the three stooges. It just adds to the embarrassing humiliation of this clip. Check it out. (laughs) I'm not worried about the midterms. I'm not worried about them. We may end up with more partisan gridlock, but I'm confident we can work it out during my remaining six years in the presidency. <laughs> and folks, I'm not really here to roast the GOP. That's not my style. Besides, there's nothing I can say about the GOP that Kevin McCarthy hasn't already put on tape. <laughs> and, you know, at the, same, at the same time, a lot of people say the Republican Party is too extreme, too divisive, to control by one person. They say that's not your father's Republican Party. Ronald Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear this wall down. Today's Republicans say, tear down Mickey Mouse's house. And pretty soon they'll be storming Cinderella's castle, you can be sure of it. But Republicans <laughs> seem to support one fella, some guy named Brandon. He's having a really good year, and I'm kind of happy for him. Let me conclude with a serious word. In my six years, you know, young man, come here. Let me just put me, put me on my lap and let me give you a Werther's original and tell you about Cinderella's mouse, mouse capades, uh, the Governor, Governor Ron Desplantis and my next uh, six... Six years in the White House. Unbelievable, this man. The hubris. This is where it comes from, ladies and gentlemen. This is where the anger and the fury, and we're going to get to polling later in the show, exactly what Americans are thinking about Joe Biden and exactly how this administration is just slightly, slightly less popular than prostate cancer right now when it comes to middle-aged men. This is the most unpopular administration by the numbers in my adult life, and it's because of clips like that. 
Did you know that not since the pandemic have stocks slid as much as they slid just last month? Quarterly earnings are abysmal. The economy is shrinking and mortgage rates are going through the roof because the Fed knows that an overheated economy and hyperinflation is going to lead to disaster. And it's already here, ladies and gentlemen. Stagflation and the worst economic climate in many decades is upon us. What are you doing to protect your wealth? In the Johnson family, we're using our friends at Birch Gold. We are buying precious metals and diversifying into something of real value. My wife and I, invested for the first time last month and Birch made it so easy. For the first time, we have our future protected by precious metals. We diversified into a tax-sheltered retirement account with gold and it couldn't have been easier. Please text Benny to 989898 to secure the gains you've made while you still can. Every roller coaster comes to an end. Every night at the bar comes with a hangover, and we are here. Do not get a headache over losing your fiat currency because of the dumb decisions made in Washington. Invest in something of real value. Gold, ladies and gentlemen, through Birch Gold, the only people I trust with my future. Text Benny to 9898 and start protecting your future today with gold. Joe Biden sitting there chuckling and laughing at inflation and at the pain at the pump and the pain at the grocery store for you. My wife and I went grocery shopping this weekend and holy cannoli. We couldn't even afford a cannoli. We love cannolis, couldn't afford one, right? There is just such shocking and rampant inflation and it's about to get worse with the four dozen burning factories and food processing plants all across the country. We should probably do a major special on that. Maybe we'll look into it. Just a horrifying story. There's a Purdue plant uh, very close to where my wife grew up that burned down uh, just this weekend. Purdue is the largest uh, manufacturer of uh, chicken and, and poultry and produce in the country. Very, very bad news there. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is indeed the reason why Joe Biden is failing so bad. Joe Biden sitting there telling a room full of glitterati, tuxedoed, out-of-touch, snobbish, obnoxious, Ivy League-educated, pretentious, Hunger Games slash Versailles, dinner class, party class, billionaire class, that he's going to enjoy his next six years in the presidency and that Republicans are coming after Mickey Mouse's house. Got it. Got killer lines there, Joe. Really fantastic job. Maybe that's why Joe's losing his own party. Bill Maher ripping Joe Biden, ripping Democrats, ripping Twitter, and ripping the left generally in his full show this weekend. A wonderful show that we've begun watching because it's interesting to watch Bill Maher's progression, not as though he's getting more leftward or rightward. It's just Jill, Bill Maher staying put. Bill Maher is staying in the middle where he used to be far left. Now Bill Maher is essentially a centrist inside of the national political conversation. This is why the meme that Elon Musk shared last week about the movement of the left to the far extreme left with their little cocktail parties and they're laughing about inflation. You just, those would be administration killers at this point. But now the leftists inside of that room chuckle along and nobody's laughing anymore at, nobody's laughing anymore inside of 
actual leftism, actual liberals, the actual liberals of the world, I think best represented by Bill Maher, the classical liberals, you know, liberal back in the day used to mean, hey, you have a different opinion. I love that. That's very interesting to me. Tell me more about it. I want to know about your MAGA hat. I couldn't disagree with Donald Trump more. Tell me about it. That's fascinating. Liberalism today is fascism. There isn't any liberalism today. Liberalism is fascism. Liberal today is like, oh, you have a MAGA hat on? Let me beat you in the head with this baseball bat. Let me kick you off social media forever, destroy your career, dox you, make sure no one can ever hire you again. That's fascism. That's not liberalism. Bill Maher is a liberal. And according to the Daily Mail, Bill Maher slammed Twitter for censorship. See, this is what an actual liberal would do. See, a real liberal would say the Babylon Bee can tweet whatever it wants, and we will laugh alongside it. The real liberal person would be able to watch a comedian make fun of Hunter Biden and laugh alongside of it, or be able to watch SNL roast Donald Trump and think it's funny. I thought some of the SNL clips on Donald Trump were classic, were hilarious. And there's nothing wrong with making fun of our elites and our rich and our political class. The problem is that fascists and the fascistic left are the elites. They are the rich. They are the powerful. And so their entire job now is to protect themselves, protect themselves from criticism. But the Palace of Versailles, ladies and gentlemen, it does crumble eventually because people get fed up. The Babylon Bee was kicked off Twitter and Bill Maher did a very interesting bit on this. He said, you need a new sheriff. Here's Bill Maher defending the Babylon Bee. Amazing times we live in. What the Babylon Bee is? I didn't know this. No. It's like the Christian version of the onion. (laughs) Because everyone needs that. Well, some people do. I thought that was not all you and me, okay? It says you're trusted source for Christian news and satire. I didn't know there was such a thing as Christian satire. I thought the religion itself was satire. That's me. I'm not everybody, okay? I'm not everybody. Have a little humility, right? So listen to this. They got flagged for, they posted a funny video. This is funny to them, okay? Sensitive content, Twitter said. In the video, they were making fun of Twitter for being too sensitive. <laughs> this is so through the looking glass. In the, here's what happens in the video. This woman who, going into the Twitter building, this is, you know, parody. This is what people do on television and have done forever. Okay, she's complaining to HR about how sensitive Twitter is. And the guy shows her an ink blot, and she keeps seeing Hitler in all the ink blots. <laughs> Okay, then she runs screaming out of the building because she's... This is, sat, this is right. well within what satire has always been. And the fact that they flagged this for being insensitive shows their complete lack of self-awareness about what their own problem is. If that's where the line is, you have failed, Twitter. You yeah. do need a new show. So Bill Maher sitting there backing Elon Musk defending the Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee, of course, releasing a hilarious skit about Twitter and about Twitter's sensitivities and the Twitter employees meltdown after Elon Musk bought the place for $44 billion. Also taking aim at Barack Obama's opinion that Generation Z would not figure out how to combat misinformation. 
unbelievable. I'd much rather have Elon Musk making the rules than a 23-year-old who can't take the joke, the Babylon beeswax or whatever the F that is he said. I mean, this is a generation that doesn't know what the word violence means. They think violence means anything I don't like. Their standard of free speech is I'm uncomfortable. That's not where the standard is, right? Mar brought this up twice on his show. The Babylon Bee, he is now a defender of it. Good for him. This would be what is called, again, a classic liberal. Somebody who's okay being uncomfortable with somebody else telling a joke. Here's the joke that the Babylon Bee told in their sketch. We think it's hilarious. This got flagged, by the way, on Twitter as sensitive content. See if you're not crying laughing by the end of it. Let's try something else. I'm going to hold up some shapes, and I want you to tell me exactly what you see. Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. That one kind of looks like a lip. Nazis, Nazis, Adolf Hitler, Nazis. Oh, I know that one. It's the Hindu symbol for peace. Namaste. Nazis, Nazis, Donald Trump. No, wait, it's still Nazis. Fascinating. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to answer honestly. Is Elon in the room with us right now? Yes, I see him at work. I see him at Whole Foods. I see him when I get into my Tesla. He's everywhere. Good. We love the Babylon V. Seth Dillon is a friend of the show, and Seth Dillon is doing God's work over there, fighting and refusing to take down or limit his own speech. We encourage you, of course, to follow the Babylon V. Go over to their page, give them a like, and give them a subscribe on their email list. They're a wonderful organization. Of course, you know them, and we bring on Seth often to chat about situations just like this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the battle of our time. Who has the right to speech? Who has the right to say what? And if you do not have the right to make fun of Joe Biden's pretentious cokehead embezzler son who broke numerous American crimes and is probably going to jail in front of the president, well, then this isn't a free country. Free speech means exactly that. The speech that makes you the most uncomfortable is the speech that needs to be protected the very most. That's why we're very excited that Bill Maher was going after Hunter Biden as well. Check it out. Now, did you see what Elon did? I thought this was pretty funny. He tweeted right after he bought it. He said, and now I'm going to buy Coca-Cola so I can, so I can put the cocaine back in. Uh, which, okay, but, well, it's all fun and games until Hunter Biden gets his head, <laughs> head stuck in the vending machine. That's a... Uh... You failed when you threw the New York Post off Twitter for talking about Hunter Biden's emails and then it turned out to be a real story. You failed when you said we couldn't talk about whether COVID came from a lab. You failed. Bill Maher coming through with what original and classical liberalism looks like. Original and classical liberalism is so 
pro-free speech that it in fact requires you to make speech that makes everyone else uncomfortable. And it's amazing that somehow now Bill Maher is on the same side as me, Benny Johnson, and as Ben Shapiro, and as Charlie Kirk. Bill Maher is on the same side as Candace Owens on this issue, and that indeed is a realignment. We've been telling you about the realignment and the Great American Awakening, and this is it. At its heart, this movement stands to be the savior of this nation, us joining together the vast majority of the nation who's not absolutely bat s crazy, bat bleep crazy, and talking about how COVID either did or did not come from bats, but not being censored about it. That is the point. And the point of this new experiment and the point of this new alignment is essentially to save the country from the fascistic left. The fascistic left are the ones who wish to control speech, Hans. Are we the baddies? This is what happened on CNN, a complete and total meltdown by a mentally ill fascist who screamed and ranted about Elon Musk's Twitter deal because now they, meaning fascists, will not be able to control what people say online. It's very simple to see if you're the baddies, Hans. It's a very simple test. Do you believe that people who you disagree with should be allowed to speak? Do you believe that ideas that you disagree with or ideas that you don't think are right should be allowed to be heard by people? If you disagree and if you believe that you know better and that you, much like Barack Obama, who gave a speech last week about this, if you believe that you know better and that you can control someone's thoughts and someone's body and someone's mind and someone's heart better than they can, well, then you indeed are the authoritarian fascists that you so scream about as it pertains to the world where leftists just essentially call everyone else out for what they themselves are doing. Yes, they are the fascists, and David Zurich, I've never heard of this guy, who blamed former President Donald Trump for opening the gates of hell, said that billionaire Elon Musk should not be allowed to control discourse in this country. Here's Zuwick, who's clearly a very, very happy man, must be very happily married, definitely a grounded, not mentally ill individual, having just a childlike meltdown on CNN this weekend. Go. Well, I think there's a bigger problem that when we focus on the personalities of people like Elon Musk and people say, oh, I think Elon's thinking this or that. There's a bigger problem here about how we are going to control the channels of communication in mm -hmm. this country. In 1927, we had the Radio Act. 1934, the Communications Act. Congress stepped in. We made rules. FCC wasn't great, but it's still regulating the broadcast industry. You right, can't use yes. vulgar language. You can't do all these things with speech. We gave over our uh, what amounts to our airwaves or our Internet waves to Mark Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk. And we are in so much trouble because those guys believe in making money. We've already seen that with the 2016 election mm. in Zuckerberg when he was taking rubles for ads from Russia and say, oh, I think it's crazy to think they had any influence on this election. Mm. Musk is the same. Musk doesn't want it. Oh, you know, he's upset with the SEC, tried to, how dare they question him? You know what I'm saying? This is dangerous. We can't think anymore in this country. We don't have people, <laughs> no, I'm serious. We don't have people in Congress who can make regulations that can make it work. I think we can look to the Western countries in Europe for how they are trying to limit it. But you need, you need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. We are there. Trump opened the gates of hell and now they're chasing us.
If you want to know what a fascist sounds like, just ask yourself, who are they giving power to? If they are giving power to themselves and the state, then they indeed are a fascist. The easiest test. If they believe that they can control your life better than you can, that's the test. Elon Musk says he wants to give power back to the people. He wants free speech. He wants the far left and the far right to be equally upset. That is the absence of fascism, the absence and vacuum of free speech allows for there to be dissenting opinions and for everyone to be heard. That is the purpose. The sound of David Zurich on CNN is that of every authoritarian dictatorship from Vladimir Lenin to Mao Zedong through the 20th century saying, why would we ever allow ourselves to be criticized? Why would we ever allow freedom of thought? They could think bad things about us. They could make jokes about Hunter Biden to our faces, and that would give us the sads. We can't think anymore in this country. What's incredible about these people is that they will, they, the duality that they must hold inside their minds is just must be so painful every morning when they wake up and they sit there and talk about regulating speech from a federal level, putting a bureaucrat in charge of what you can and cannot say, and then they call that free speech. These people are fascistic. These are exactly the kind of people who need to be uprooted, root and stem and replaced. And there is nobody we should start with more than the Biden Ministry of Truth head who spread disinformation about Hunter Biden's laptop. And this weekend, Alexandria Mayorkas, that wonderful little Smeagol who's in charge of the Department of Homeland Security, we call him Smeagol. He is indeed the precious. And the precious now is anything that destroys the founding of this country, whether that be violating our borders or whether that be violating our free speech. He brought on, he was brought on to various Sunday shows, but specifically on CNN, and asked whether Jenkowitz, Nina Jenkowitz, the Mary Poppins of disinformation, you saw her singing and dancing, and we will not play those clips for you. We promised you we would put up a warning sign before we play those kind of clips. We will put up like a TVMA, like we will warn you to turn the volume off on your phone. My wife and I were watching Tucker on Friday saying there needs to be a warning system before we play a Nina Jenkowitz singing clip. It is far too much for the little children's ears. People start bleeding from their eardrums. Very bad. Nina Jankowitz, ladies and gentlemen, is the Mary Poppins of disinformation. She's flown in on her little umbrella to police your speech and sing about it. Alexandria Mayorkas was asked about this on CNN because Nina Jankowitz has a ton of old tweets that will happen to be resurfaced and were used to cancel her effectively, certainly to cancel her idea of neutrality as though she was neutral in any sense or any regard. Nina Jankowicz has many tweets talking about Russiagate fomenting some of the largest and dumbest disinformation operations from the deep state in our time. In the last five years, according to the Federalist, she has been on the wrong side of every misinformation or disinformation op from our intelligence agencies or from the stupid people inside of the Clinton campaign used to skew the elections and rig American elections. Nina Jankowicz has been somebody who has promoted and pushed 
absolutely unhinged, mentally ill, deranged, blue and on conspiracy theories, and she has no remorse. She doesn't delete the tweets. She doesn't say she was wrong. She doesn't post a correction because everyone gets it wrong sometimes. She just keeps going, keeps singing. So Mayorkas was asked about this by Dana Bash, and here's what he had to say. Republicans are criticizing your decision, the administration's decision to choose Nina Jankowicz to lead this disinformation board. They say she is not somebody who is neutral. Your response? Eminently qualified, a renowned expert in the field of disinformation. Absolutely so. Can you just like see the way that they talk? The entire purpose of this show is to unveil the Versailles, American Versailles, the class of individuals who are so smug and so pretentious and live so inside of an insulated bubble that like watching these interviews is like watching a zoo camera looking at a exotic species that doesn't know they're being watched and doesn't have any connection to the real world. A species who have certainly lived most of their lives in captivity. And the captivity is the Acela corridor between Manhattan and Washington, D.C., where reality doesn't exist and all is right in the pursuit of power. And so what they are looking for here is the pursuit of power over your speech. Nina Jankowitz's only job is to sit there and control your speech. Jen Psaki said that Jankowitz is an expert in online disinformation. <laughs> That's correct. Actually might be the truest thing that Jen Psaki has ever said. Says she has extensive qualifications in disinformation. Again, Nina Jankowitz has been on the wrong side of every large misinformation psyop in American history over the last five years. This is the last person on planet Earth who should be in charge of what is true or not, besides the fact that she's a Harry Potter theater failed LARPer uh, who is just humiliated herself time and time again online. Well, it looks like they're not backing down with the Ministry of Truth in the Biden administration. We're glad to be uh, helping uh, uh, push for the defunding, obviously, of this and the punishment of DHS over this. Uh, this weekend, a large push for the destruction, actually, of the Department of Homeland Security, essentially saying that it doesn't need to exist at all on a federal level. Maybe this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. They've clearly not been doing their jobs, and Democrats have clearly not been doing their jobs in helping themselves win re-election. If that is the only goal, which is to keep power, they are failing at that and failing miserably. They have turned parents into a political class action, uh, 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 a a political class, essentially. Like, balkanized, balkanizing parents against you may go down in history as the dumbest move politically in history. There were some stupid moves in history. Nixon didn't need to break into the DNC headquarters at White, uh, you know, at at at, at uh, uh, Watergate. You didn't have to make some pretty dumb. You didn't have to uh, promote Dr. Fauci, right? There's been some stupid moves politically, but this, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, turning the forces of government law enforcement on parents who just want to say in their children's lives, let me tell you, we're on zero sleep right now in the Johnson household. That baby is up. Our sweet little Juliet is up every hour on the hour. We are running on zero sleep in the Johnson family. Being a parent is hard. Raising children is hard. Being there for them is hard. My two-year-old, nearly two-year-old was up 
very early this morning. And so we were up all night and then I was up early this morning, uh, taking our two-year-old downstairs, cooking her some breakfast. It's tough as a parent. This is tough. And for some often childless, pink-haired bureaucrat to tell me that my kids don't belong to me or that I am a terrorist for wanting my kids to have a better life or a say in what my kids learn. You want to mess with the bull, you will get the horns. And this is what polling is showing. Poll finds that 60% of parents with kids under 18 would vote Republican. Of course they would. Because parents, no matter who you are or what your skin color is or where you come from or who you voted for in the 2020 election, have one thing universally in common. Kids are hard to raise and we do not want you telling us how to raise them. These kids are our responsibility and they are a reflection of our morals and our worldview. A poll found that parents with children under the age of 18 are more likely to vote for Republican over a Democrat candidate alternative. This is a Marist poll uh, with NPR and PBS NewsHour, unbelievable, 1,300 registered voters from April 19th, 26, and presented them with a set of voting-related questions. This is what I find particularly fascinating. NPR and PBS doing these polls. They are, they are both government-funded news organizations. They should be defunded. The American public should not fund NPR and should not fund PBS. These kind of polls end up skewing and are often uh, uh, skewed horrendously and brokenly in the favor of the left. And so this is what makes this kind of a poll so shocking. Respondents were asked if congressional elections were held today, which party candidate would you likely vote for in your district? The survey found that 32% of parents with minors said that they would vote for Democratic candidate. 60% said they would vote for a Republican. Way to go, Democrats. You have balkanized a brand new political constituency called parents. And they are the most powerful, and the most active and the most skin-in-the-game political constituency in American history. They are the most land-owning, wealth-owning, and able-bodied, because you have to be able-bodied to raise a kid, let me tell you, group of motivated Americans, because you have little little feet pattering on this country's soil, you want to protect that country for the future of your children. What idiots. The dumbest political move in American history, turning parents against you. When asked if they would approve of the job Joe Biden is doing as president, 61% said they disapprove. 29% of parents said they favor Joe Biden. Yikes. And 9% said they were unsure. The findings further raise concerns for the Democratic Party as candidates from both sides of the aisle gear up for the 2022 congressional elections. Yikes. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot win with 60% of the parents voting against you. You cannot win when... 29% of the parents approve of the job that you're doing. It's not possible. Topics like freedom and education and parental rights are likely to play a huge role in the upcoming election. And that is why we are so excited to be living in Florida because this is a place that defends those things. We were were very, very excited to be getting, we got a little letter from Ron DeSantis this weekend and a flag that flew over the state capitol when uh, our newest daughter, Juliet, was born uh, uh, two weeks ago. And we were very excited to get that. Just one more little notch in the belt there for the governor who has assuredly done the most in American history to protect parental rights. The Parental Rights Education Bill, one of the best pieces of legislation in the country, and we 100% support it. They're going to lose. Even polling in the state of Florida with all of the disinformation, with all of the lies that were used 
to smeared Ron DeSantis calling it the Dose Gay Bill for a bill that doesn't even include the word gay in it. All of those lies and Democrats still support this bill. A plurality of Republicans, of course, support the bill, like 90%, but a plurality of Democrats support the bill as well. They're on the losing side of history. And we're very excited to welcome them to the losing side of history. We are disgusted on this program about Versailles, about the arrogance, about the elitism, and the pretentiousness of the people who want to laugh at your misery. I am personally sickened by what I saw this weekend and was very excited for today's show because this is the kind of show and these are the kind of audiences and you and me and us together can go build something new. That's why we have our priorities straight on The Benny Show. We have God, family, country. Those are our priorities. We will be supporting, ladies and gentlemen, a free country where you are allowed to decide for yourself the life that your child should lead and you are allowed to decide for yourself what speech means to you and what ideas you can consume and what is misinformation and what is disinformation. And those terms shouldn't even be used on the show because they're national security terms. And what really matters is truth and lies. Who is telling the truth and who is lying? And ladies and gentlemen, the liars are going to have their day. Trust me. We were born free men and women and we intend to stay that way. And I just got to say, thank you for watching. Again, we've had record viewership and we're so excited to be building this community. Big stuff coming this week. We're excited to be hosting Newsmax. Uh, We'll be uh, guest hosting on Newsmax for Eric Bowling uh, the latter half of the week. And um, we had a very, very fun betting report on Newsmax uh, this coming this this last week and this coming week is going to be a riot as well. Thank you all so much for tuning in. My name is Benny Johnson and this is The Benny Show.